Hey, what's up, everybody? As always, I'm Austin. And I'm Colin. This is Campus Life Live Edition, the rare time that we do one of these. I see a ton of viewers in here already. That's great. Yeah. Um, for those that have just picked up the YouTube channel recently, we're a podcast, Campus Life. We are the college half of the Campus to Canton podcast here at Campus to Canton. Austin, Colin, we've been the host since day one. This is episode 172. Um, and the reason we're going live is because I've been out for the past two months and I'm back and I am such a narcissist <laughs> that I was like, big announcement. Here I am. I'm back. Uh, I had a really good holiday. I had a good break. Colin, thank you for holding down the show for me. Um, did you have a good holiday too? Oh, we, we, we exchanged gifts. We can talk we about did. that here mm -hmm. too. We did. Yeah, it was a good holiday. Um, I, we don't have to travel much for ours, for my, either side of my family. So, uh, anytime you and see family, not have to travel too much. Always a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, that is a good thing. And uh, we didn't have to travel at all this year, which was great. So good point. Um, mm. No, no complaints there. Um, yeah, we so Colin and I each lost a bet to each other. So we kind of turned this into a holiday gift exchange. <laughs> we both did home yeah. field bets. Um, so what we did is we gave each other a list of teams of, of like we just don't want stuff from. Um, you know, mine had Penn State. You know, as a Pitt fan, I, mean, I had Penn West State Virginia. on it, West Virginia. I didn't want any Michigan stuff, no Texas AM, no Miami. Might have had one other one. It's really funny. I gave that, I, I asked my wife, I think there were seven schools on the list I gave you. I said, Yeah, I just gave Colin this list. Can you guess the schools that are on it? And she guessed six of the seven right away. She didn't guess Notre Dame, Notre Dame was the other one. Um, that's fair, yeah. So that, that was fun, but we gave each other a list. And then we said, okay, buy a shirt, ship it to us. And this is what we came up with. So Colin got me this nice home field apparel, mm. TCU Horned Frogs. Cool color, cool emblem. Go TCU. We're, we're, we're getting horny in here tonight. Um, <laughs> and Colin, show them the shirt that I got you. I literally went through every single school on home field apparel to find this, by the way. App State Kazoo <laughs> Band Competition shirt. I have it's apparently a, a tradition there. I have no idea if there's an App State alum or fan in the in the show right now. Let us know more about this Kazoo Band Challenge. But that's the one that I found for you, Colin. I hope you like it. I thought it was just so Love obscure it. that that's yeah. that's the fun stuff you find at Home Field Apparel. And by the way, I used promo code Campus Canton to get fifty percent off. Did you use? Did you use a coupon? Okay, cool. I did. Yep. Okay. Yep. So there you go. Created and, a, had to create a new account actually, a uh, new email address. And you can do that too, folks. Go ahead, hop on Home Field Apparel, Campus to Canton, the full name, get you 50% off your purchase over there, your first purchase. And if it's your second purchase, we've said this so many times, you know what to do. You create that new email address. You know, who doesn't have 40 email addresses for things already just to buy yep. stuff and you know, stay incognito as you're purchasing things. So, exactly. uh, yes. All right. So new year, Colin, we're rolling over everything at campus to canton and just to get ahead of this question which we are getting a lot right now our rankings on the site will start removing all of the guys that are moving to the nfl officially uh between january 15th which is the deadline to do that for anybody that did not know that and the end of the month so by the end of the month all of our ranking sets will have all of those players removed from them and then at the end of the month we will begin adding the incoming freshmen class so that's you know your jeremiah smiths your dylan rayolas all of those kind of guys we'll add those guys in toward the end of january as well we don't really see a rush to do so no one's drafting right now and um 
I think I think some of the people at campus can't probably need a little bit of a break. I think that's also yeah. part of it. Um, but we just want to make sure we get it right. And we have complete lists of everything before we're removing guys. So that to yeah. get ahead of that question. But here's tonight's show. I think this is how campus life is going to kind of flow through the year here in 2024. New year, new us. Um, we're going to kind of break down kind of how our our we build our you know process through the year starting at the beginning of the year. You know, what what do Colin and I do with our rankings and our opinions and our even our own leagues that we're in when the year rolls over and now you're already making decisions based on just tons of new information. So we're going to start that tonight. We're going to talk a little bit about what we learned from last year, how I think we're going to apply it here in the new year. We're going to talk about just process, how we're starting to build our rankings. We're going to touch on some specific news items that really have already changed how we're ranking some things you know not just talk in generalities and we're going to take a bunch of questions from you guys too so if you're in the chat here with us i see there's a ton of people on here with us tonight feel free to drop questions in if we don't even get to them immediately we will get to them at some point hopefully here throughout the show we get some pre-show as well on our discord so um i think that's covers all of our basis for what we're doing here tonight colin is that correct yeah it does um i mean i just want to say welcome back thank you uh you know, it was, I, I held, held the fort down, did some solo shows. I wouldn't you know. know. I some, didn't listen. Had some guests on. I know I was, I wasn't <laughs> surprised at all. I, there were a couple of times where I'm like, oh, Austin's going to make a comment in the, in the Slack about this. And I got nothing. So, you know, I was just talking to, to nobody apparently, but yeah, good to have you back. So I actually, I was listening to a podcast through the beginning of December because when I was working out while I was away, I like just popped in a podcast, but then we got a Peloton. And mm. that's like all I do now. I'm so hooked on this Peloton. Um, and so, and they, they talk to you during the thing. So I'm like, mm -hmm. I kind of be a dick to, you know, listen to a podcast while this person is killing themselves <laughs> on this bike to try to walk me through this. So, um, so I, I haven't listened to any recently. I'm going to have to figure out the balance there, how I incorporate See, podcasts back into my day. I still listen to podcasts while I work out on a Peloton. So my uh, work office has a gym and we have, two Peloton bikes, Peloton treadmill. I still just volume all the way down, pop my headphones in, listen to podcasts. How do you know so, what you're supposed to do? I mean, I know sometimes like it tells you, you know, cadence and resistance and everything. Oh, subtitles. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. I'll yeah, think about put, that. Put on closed captioning and it tells you the, the closed captioning is usually pretty, pretty accurate. Sometimes it'll be like, um, I want you to run at a, like between a 6.5 and a nine or whatever. And they'll say like a six, five and a nine. And if you're based on the pace and then it's like kind of messes it up. So you do have to still look at the little screen at the bottom, but that helps. Okay. I haven't used one of their treads before, just the, just the bike. And I was a total noob to that. Um, but I, I lost my, my Peloton V card and. <laughs> definitely not going back definitely not going back uh we're not sponsored by peloton maybe we should be us uh, we should be yeah. these throughout the year um so all right well let's let's just get right into the show here colin let's start with what we learned in 2023 i will say uh, actually before we do that two things one longtime listeners to this show may remember that in the past anytime colin has gotten out of line i have tended to dip toward the reminder that of all the leagues that Colin and I have played in over the years, Colin has never won any of them. Just a hilarious stat. Like he's had one seeds that have just run rough shot through the regular season, lost in the, the first round of the playoffs. Like he's had basically every outcome imaginable. Never yep. won. I believe you won three leagues this year. 
that we are in together. That is correct. So I, I can no longer use that line, which is very disappointing. But congratulations to you. Thank you. Uh, this Thank is probably you. your winningest year. year ever, right? Huh? Three. Um, I won. Well, I won three college sides, and then I won three. I won two NFL sides, C two C, and then one in a dynasty league. So yeah, probably, probably my winningest league ever. A couple other, you know, playoff sprinkles in there. Like a third place or two, a second place, second place in the C two C versus NIL NFL side. That one hurt, Matt yeah. Geiger. If you're watching, <clears throat> that hurt. I didn't even know I was. I made the championship of that game. I didn't even realize that I was still in those. <laughs> so that was that was uh, that was a good time. Um, yeah. You can use those winnings to maybe go buy a Peloton for your own house, Colin. I I recommend it. I'm telling you. Tell See, I, I I could use it at the gym, at work, for free. Isn't there just something so convenient about going downstairs? There and is hopping on your own Peloton. I don't know. I don't there know. is maybe just me. I'm just a snob on my boat, you know. Um, all right, so let's let's talk about what we learned in 2023. We, we put that behind us. Thank you for that shout out. I, I, I actually put a note in my notes app on my phone. Like <laughs> stuff I wanted to talk about early on in campus life. And that's the top thing. I was like, I got to congratulate Colin. Um, I got to find another, a new angle to, to get you on. But uh, we'll figure it I'll out. Take it. It's, it's going to be a long year. Uh, so what we learned in 2023 and how we're going to apply it in 2024. I think, you know, there's learning to do every year. But especially the past year or two with the opening of the transfer portal, with the introduction of NIL, all these different things has really changed just, you know, the college football landscape. Like not even talking about the fantasy side of things, which is what we do as a fan, you know, Pitt, you know, I, I'm a huge Pitt fan. You know, we just brought in Eli Holstein. I, we never would have had Eli Holstein, <laughs> like, you know, a chance at that. I, I'm not really a fan of his, but the, the pedigree of player would not be coming to Pitt. Um, you know, we've had all these other different kind of movements. So, um, I think it's really kind of been an adjustment period for us, for the advice we're giving. I don't think, you know, we've been way off base on what we're saying, but <laughs> Colin, is there anything that, that happened this year, a lesson that you feel like we can take away for next year and apply and get a little bit better? Yeah, I think, so we had said it leading into this year from leading from the 2022 season, leading into the 2023, um, that we were going to start treating CFF only players more like a redraft. But if at this transfer portal has season has just been so insane and it just keeps getting crazier and crazier every year, you absolutely have to treat CFF only players like redraft. There's not really any other option anymore. You can't look at, you know, a guy like Caden Salter did end up going back to Liberty, but Caden Salter finishes as a QB three. He's got at least two years of eligibility left. You know, you think in him and Jamie Chadwell's offense going to be a great marriage for the next couple of years. Portal gone. Well, and you're you thinking know. he's stuck there too, because he's already yes. transferred once. And then they yes. set that new rule that, oh, now maybe we can do second transfers. So, yep. yeah. Yeah. So you absolutely have to treat CFF only players like redraft. And while we will be making our rankings, you know, we've been up, we've updated them. We've done a pretty big overhaul. We'll continue to update them throughout the off season, but you really can't get a good grasp on that until after spring and seeing how some of these other transfers are going to shake out and how these depth charts are going to shake out. So I think you have to treat them like redraft and you have to kind of be patient in through the early part of this spring. Yeah, it definitely is shaking up just yeah, we've, we've talked about this a, a ton, I think, in the past. But I really do think, you know, and I think the concept of stashing is mm -hmm. getting more and more difficult as well. 
Um, you know, I think at the end of seasons in the past in a campus to Canton league where, you know, you have your college side, you've got your, you know, your CFF playoffs, you got players moving on at the end of the year, all that kind of stuff. But you have, you know, some, some waiver claims at the end of the year, you have this offensive system, you know, maybe, uh, Dana Holgerson's quarterback is graduating and they got a guy on the bench and you're, you know, you're like, okay, I can grab this guy now be sneaky. He's probably going to be a pretty early draft pick in supplemental drafts next year. But if I pick him up now, that's just, you know, a, a ton of easy value. And now, you know, Dana Holgerson got fired or whatever, but didn't he <laughs> from Houston? I believe he's gone. Yeah. Yeah, um, gone. Willie Fritz is in there. Yes. But um, I mean, now anything can happen. The starter could stay and could find another year of eligibility. He could leave. They could bring in somebody else. So I think the concept of stashing at the end of the year, I might be less inclined moving forward to save draft picks till the end of the year like I have in some leagues. Where if I have a league where I think I'm okay from a, a competitive standpoint, I have a good team, or if it's a team that's you know weak and I'm you know kind of rebuilding real quick, tearing it down. I, I'm wondering if the year-end save is going to be quite as valuable. Now, you can always just scoop up a guy that kind of breaks out at the end of the year, and we usually do get a couple of those. So you could you know conceivably just get ahead. of. But even then, you know, that guy could enter the portal. You could have a guy yep. at – you could have a, a wide receiver at Houston who breaks out and then we're like, okay, he's next guy up there. You know, Tank Dell's gone. This guy's stepping in and then he's, he's in the portal. He flies too close to the sun, goes to USC, play, doesn't play at all or something like that. I mean, I think it's, I think the concept of stashing late in the season, I might be doing less of it next year. I have to think about that a little bit, but that's the, the one adjustment I'm making in relation to that point. Cause I think we already were saying, you know, CFF redraft only, if you get more than one year out of some of these guys, you're you're going to be happy, but you can't bank on it. Right. And I mean, you still do have to take eligibility into consideration. Like even with Caden Salter entering the portal, you know, even if it, he didn't withdraw and he ended up going somewhere else, like you do still have additional years of eligibility. So you do get additional years of CFF production. It may just not be the top tier elite like you were hoping, like you got this year from Liberty. Uh, so, you know, so guys like... um Marcus Carroll this year, who had a great year at Georgia State, we knew he had another year of eligibility, so that that does carry a little bit of weight. You know, now he transfers to Missouri, and we'll see how that ends up shaking out. But you know, there's a little bit of value into another year, but you can't bank on repeat production. I think that's another big takeaway for me. Yeah, I was going to ask you how are you how are you because I've always used returning or um, um, like amount of years left as kind of a last tiebreaker if i'm kind of deciding between guys mm -hmm. you know a lot of these leagues you get limited waivers you know, four waivers so you know you can't just have unlimited ads right. i've said you know i've got running back a and running back b they're both in their rb 12 to 16 range this season one of them's got two years left one of them's got one year left i'll take the guy with two years now i'm not even sure what i'm going to use as a tiebreaker on some of this stuff. i mean i guess you still use it i guess yeah. you still use it with the expectation that like marcus carroll might be droppable now because we're going to talk about this in a little bit. Marcus Carroll tr transferred, like you said, to Missouri. Today, mm -hmm. they just got a commitment from Nate Noel from mm -hmm. App State. Plus, yep. they've got Kawan Lacey, the very talented true freshman coming in. Like that, He might he may not even factor in next year. May not even factor. He might be a depth guy. He might get 60 carries next year. I mean, that it's, it's, it's just bonkers. That's how it's mm -hmm. going to work from moving forward here. Yeah, because they still have... Um... Tavoris Jones, my guy, who uh, I was going to say, I knew you were going to bring as a Jones. freshman, you know, had some hope for him. I, he's probably toast now, but he is on the roster. Um, and then I think Nathaniel Pete's back too. I think. 
I know Schrader's he gone or not. He might still be there. Yeah. Schrader's gone yeah. for sure. He's what yeah. going to the senior. Board. So there's just so many bodies there that we're not going to know how that shakes out. You have to keep paying attention in through spring. So I try to be, you know, cautiously optimistic on Carroll and then he gets another portal edition. So yeah, I mean, I think you, you do have to factor it in and I think you can still use years remaining and eligibility as a tiebreaker, but just with the knowledge that your favorite player could go to any school at any time. And <laughs> Chris says in the chat, divorce Jones, it's a skeleton in the chair underwater in the swimming meme. And I, that, that was descriptive <laughs> enough that I think most of you know what they're referring to. There. Yep. Yeah. So here, here's a question for you, Colin, and I'm asking you to think out loud on the fly here, which is always a dangerous proposition. This, this is why we don't do live shows. This, this question right here is why we don't do live shows. <laughs> so much editing behind this. So place. much. I cut two hours and leave it on the floor every single uh, every single time we do one of these. Um, will the uncertainty in terms of uh, you know future CFF production alter the way that you're drafting, not in startups per se, but maybe supplemental drafts? Because I know in some supplemental drafts, with the way I tend to play C2C, what I try to do is I try to grab like if I can get an, a couple additional like first, second, third picks in a, in a league, uh, which is actually it's, it's really not very difficult in the grand scheme of things. I have a league I won this year and I managed to flip up for the 101 and the 201 in this league. Like it, you you can definitely do it if you're yeah. working on it. Um, you could kind of hit a couple of you could, you could like those Debbie guys early. And then when round three rolls around, you could take, you know, the, the top CFF guy that it looks like that's still sitting in the pool from last year. And, you know, and you can kind of snag those obvious guys. So you're not necessarily guessing with some of those later picks. Will that change how you're viewing that? Because now you might not even get, you know, let's say Tory Horton was sitting there after, you know, that, that freshman year where he kind of played well. And then he transferred to Colorado state followed uh, Mike Norvell over there. Is that Mike? No, it's not Mike. Is it? It's Jay. Jay. Thank you. Um, like, would you still be super interested in taking him in the second thinking that maybe he tries to transfer up again if he has another big season? Yeah, I mean, I think I would. Uh, and the yes, the CFF production is a lot more hazy for the future. You kind of have to look at it in a, through a more of a one-year window. But I think we're also seeing so much transferring from these like mid to high four-star guys, especially at the quarterback position. There's so much transferring from other players too at bigger schools. You know, Dante Moore going from UCLA to Oregon. Now that kind of renders Austin Novasad, a guy that I was targeting in the, you know, probably like five, six round range. And now he's basically, I don't want to say useless, but he's got to transfer to go somewhere else because they brought in two other quarterbacks ahead of him. You know, and you're, you kind of look at this, a couple of different players that way too. Kenny Minchie, another one, Jaden Rashada, Sam Levitt. We'll talk about that situation a little bit later, yeah. but all of this movement is, also impacting these freshmen so it's kind of just making everything a lot more ambiguous so i it does impact like the movement for cff production does impact how i'm looking at the probably like rounds three ish range three four five but so does the transferring for the freshmen so i am still looking at cff production probably in that range it's just a little bit less you know down the road where if i'm looking in let's say cody schrader was available there and i knew he was coming back but he only had one year left i would still take him pretty high because we knew the production you feel good about the production you're going to get this year is going to be borderline elite 
I do think, I don't want to say that it's all downside and no upside to the transfer portal and kind of this freer market in terms of player movement. Um, because I do think it can, um, like if you're, if your draft mantra is I am just trying to draft talents and not just say, I'm not saying that you're one of those people that's just drafting Debbie. Cause we've talked about that a lot on this show. Mm-hmm. If you're just drafting players solely on the college side as a look ahead to the NFL, that's your only goal. You, you care nothing about competing on the college side. You're probably missing out on a lot of value in the long run. We, we talk about that all the time, mm-hmm. but I do think if you're drafting stat or, you know, kind of later round guys, as like this is just a really good quarterback and even if he gets transferred over he can probably go somewhere else and play and be pretty good we haven't had a ton of a ton of instances of that yet but i think we will start getting more here over the next couple of years as we kind of see some of this i th- i think there will be some trickle down you know type impact for some of these smaller schools so i think even though we haven't necessarily at least a quarterback seen a ton of it yet we've pr- we, we've seen it at some other positions. I think we're going to see it with uh, Dante Dowdle, for example, this year, mm-hmm. leaving Oregon, going yep. to Nebraska. I think he's an example of a guy that like kind of you know figured it out quickly. Like th- This is not going exactly how I anticipated it. I think getting some guys to do that um, could end up working out really, really well as well. So instead of maybe you know, you're know you late in a, a supplemental draft and you're targeting freshmen, instead of saying, you know this guy's a little more talented, but he's going to Alabama. Like Is he ever going to play at Alabama? Or you're saying, you know, this guy's, he's okay, but he's going to Syracuse and the running back only has a year left. You know, maybe you, maybe now I start leaning a little more toward the Alabama guy or, you know, LSU or, or whatever, um, because there is some, you know, chance of runoff into another program that uh, could end up being pretty positive for us overall. Yeah. Succession plans are are kind of going out the window. So I do think that's a, a good approach where just draft more based on talent. And again, not like you said, not just the Devi talent because you do miss out on a lot of value there. If nothing else, to flip some CFF player valuable players into Devi assets, even if that is more of your focus, but focus on talent overall. And a guy like um, Thomas Castellanos, not a guy that we really saw as an NFL guy, but we're like, this guy could be really good for CFF if he's given a chance. And he got a chance and he was. So you can still look at guys like that they're like probably not an nfl guy but if he gets in the right system this guy could be really good for fantasy i think i'm probably a little bit more likely to take a guy like that than a guy where i'm like for your example using the running back at syracuse like their running back has one year left he could step in and into that system and he could be really good but i don't think he's that great of a player it's more the system I'm probably passing on that type of player a little bit more often for the Thomas Castellano super high ceiling. If he can get on the field type of thing. Yeah. I'll be interested to see. I wanted like another year to kind of see how some of the situations start shaking out. For instance, I have a league a couple of years ago in the startup. It was like a, it was a 28 teamer. And I was like, I'm very clearly like the edge is not drafting for this year. in those kinds of leagues, in my opinion, the edge is like, let's look to year two and figure it out. And so I targeted in that league a guy like LaQuint Allen, who was at Syracuse. I was like, I think he probably steps in for Sean Tucker. I took Jonah Coleman. I said, I think he steps in. I took Ollie Gordon in that draft. I said, I think he steps in at Oklahoma State. I took Ashton Gentee because I was like, I think he steps in for Helani. <laughs> that team was a buzzsaw last year, but I'm not sure that'll work in a year or two. Yeah. There it very well may be the case where I take those four guys. Syracuse goes and gets the third Georgia running back out of the portal. 
And then Arizona goes out and gets a USC cast off out of the portal and, you know, insert other guy here. And all of a sudden I'm sitting here with four guys that are not going to be anything at their school. And I chose them. I actually, I really liked Ollie Gordon, but right. the other guys, I was like, you know, I, I think the situation here is what I'm drafting the succession plan, as you mentioned. So I think that's going to be something to watch for sure. But I think, you know, in terms of where maybe I'd use the clear path to playing time in year two as a tiebreaker before, maybe now I'm saying, okay, like, is this guy, like, how much better or worse is this guy? And do I think, like, there could be a shift there? That 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 might be a, a I don't want to do it every circumstance, right? but I, I think there there's certainly going to be spots to pick there for that. Yeah, I would agree with that. All right, Colin, you put be patient on waivers on here. <laughs> and I know I just said, I'm probably not going to wait till the end of year now to use my waiver claims. But I think there's a, there's a lot of room between yes. burn all your waivers in week one and let's save some for the end of the year, which might not be a thing that's necessarily super effective anymore. Yeah. So uh, this year uh, for me, I was aggressive on waivers early. I ended up, you know, it, it worked out in some instances where I picked up guys like a Caden Salter who was floating out there in a waivers like a TJ Finley. Um, so, you know, so that, that worked out in those situations, but then it also Definitely did not work out in several others. I, I got a, lar a lot of Gage Larvadane, who he ended up getting hurt. Very, you know, I spent a lot of fob on him and I got like a week or two out of him. Guys like Pafeli Ashlock too. You know, he was he was fine, but he didn't end up being like that star that we were kind of hoping for. So, I, you know, there's, there's some examples there where it's successful. There's some examples where it's not. So I just want to, you know, use maybe one or two waivers early on in the year, take a guy, a couple of guys that I think will be good and then wait a little bit longer and take some of these guys that kind of break out a little later in the year. I also think there's a little less competition at that time of year too, because people do kind of burn through their waivers earlier in the year. Yeah. I got to say, I think this was actually the rare year. And if you, if listeners feel free to chime in here in the chat of examples where I'm totally wrong. I think this was the rare year where almost all of the early season kind of like spend you know burn 80 percent targets i think most of them ended up being pretty good throughout the season um which is unusual hmm. um i i think ashlock is really the only one that i picked up a, a a few uh pieces of that that really burned me i think everybody else uh those quarterbacks like you mentioned uh finley especially i think was a guy that i, I targeted uh really heavily i talked about him a ton early on on the um the nil only show mm -hmm. um that i do on waivers um I'm trying to think of some other guys that i had snagged carroll early yeah, Carroll was was amazing. Um, and I, he was actually a guy that I passed on. I was like, I don't really know <laughs> if this is going to be sustainable or not. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think this was a rare year where you probably didn't get burned too much. Don't get too confident on that. Don't, yeah. don't you know, you're, you're a little high on that success right now. Be careful. Be careful. Um, I think that's good advice there, Colin. Um, anything else that we learned in 2023? Anything like specifically like different teams? I, I don't have anything super uh team specific overall um i mean it's getting harder and harder to trust georgia players <laughs> um but other than that I, I don't have a lot to to really complain about uh for from 2023 it was a mostly straightforward year overall i really mm -hmm. i really really feel like yeah i think so too you know and then we'll have to look at at 2024 where we're having some shifting, some conference realignments, like maybe some teams and some systems will take a little bit of time to adjust. You know, like we're going to see new starting quarterbacks at all of the 
teams moving from the SE or the Pac-12 into the Big Ten, um, except for maybe Ethan Garbers at UCLA, but we don't really care that much about them. But he US, was like, he was like kind of decent at points last year. I don't know. <laughs> that was that might be the most surprising quarterback performance for me of the year. That's fair. It was like Ethan Garbers being like better than I thought he would be. Yeah, but the teams that are that are transitioning, I think we'll have to kind of keep an eye on them, and it might take a little bit to adjust because I think very different stylistically from Pac-12 to Big Ten. So something are worth you, keeping an eye on. Are you fading some of those offenses this year, Colin? Real quick, I'm gonna make I am side now. I'm definitely fading Washington at cost. I think people are going to be really hyping up some of these guys, like Jeremy Bernard. Anywhere I don't already have him, yeah, it's, I, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to be willing to spend up on him. Will Rogers, not a guy that I'm going to be looking to spend up at for what people are going to kind of look for. Um, so uh, we're real quick on that. We're going to actually, so the very last piece of this, because this podcast comes out Monday night, like late Monday night, yes. we actually are going to cover like just a very quick national championship game preview since mm -hmm. at the very end of this. Um, if Washington looks good in that game and wins it, or like, you know, it, it it's a good game and they lose, you know, it's, 35 31 yeah, they put up 31 on michigan would that change your mind at all i know those guys are leaving but kind of kalen DeBoer we trust type deal look i do really trust kalen DeBoer, and i think that offense is still going to be good next year i just don't i, I think people it's it's gotten to the national stage kalen DeBoer has a lot of hype so you're not going to be able to get much value this year and i think there's just enough uncertainty there but with the new pieces stepping in presumably that I'm going to be a little more cautious on it. Again, I already have a lot of Jeremy Bernard. I have um, Austin Mack. If he ends up starting at any point in time during the year, we'll see. I don't probably lower likelihood, but uh, I have some pieces, but I'm just not going to be buying more of them. I kind of wish a less on the radar transfer had gone in there than Jeremiah Hunter. Cause I actually think Hunter Hunter might still be a, like one of my biggest off season targets, especially like, Let's assume here they lose Jalen Polk, Jalen McMillan, and Roma Dunze. He he might be a guy that I'm targeting. I know they have some other interesting players there. You like uh, Boston. Mm -hmm. Denzel uh, we, Boston. We, we both like Jeremy Bernard. Uh, there's another kid there that's played a little bit this year, right? Um, Giles Jackson. Yes, Giles Jackson. Thank I don't you. know how much eligibility he has left because I know he came from Michigan. So that's just, I don't know. I actually don't know that either. I assumed he had more time, but maybe he doesn't. He but, might. Regardless, so, I mean, that, those are the kind of guys I think will, will be interesting in terms of targeting. Um, and I actually, I'm curious because I think it could be the opposite. I think there could be a little bit of the stars left. We're not assuming similar production for the guys that come in. And maybe we get it because uh, Will Rogers, I didn't want to get this granular on this discussion, <laughs> but um, Will, you know, Will Rogers has experience in a pass heavy offense and kind of a rhythm offense and an offense that um you know you're kind of it's a lot of timing and, and just kind of putting the ball on a spot and expecting your guy to be there i think DeBoer's offense has a lot of that um so i actually i, I think that marriage is actually really really good and I, I i am pretty hopeful for a lot of their wide receivers there next year uh quite frankly but who knows yeah we don't want to get too granular with that we can we can hit a little bit more on that at the uh the national championship preview can you be honest with me for a sec colin always is that the first time you've ever used the word granular uh not life. the first time but it's okay. it's not a common word i use okay i wish there's we had a like couple a, a way to see how many times we've ever said like a word yeah uh, there's there's a couple words that i'll use that i'm like 
this is a, this is a word I can use and it sounds really good. It makes me sound smart. Like impetus. <laughs> I use impetus a lot. I, you know, that doesn't shock me. That doesn't shock me. That you do that. <laughs> All right. Uh, before we get into more granular uh, news items, kind of some specifics for as to why we're adjusting. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, if you're listening in here, please feel free to drop some news items that you want us to discuss. Uh, and we'll be honest if we said, you know, I, we haven't adjusted our rankings for that yet. We don't really know. I haven't thought about it. We'll, we'll let you guys know. Um, all right. Uh, build the, building rankings to start the new year. So Colin, I think we can talk about both about kind of our processes and just how, like, let, let's give some information to the listeners so they're not just, you know, counting on us to kind of spoon feed them a set of mm-hmm. rankings. Because I think yeah. it's, yeah, we're know, a big, uh, we're a big teach you to fish kind of, kind of podcast. Yeah. And, and that's why we have all the tools and everything. So, you know, you can go and do the research yourself or you can listen to us talk about whatever the tools spit out as we were looking at it uh, mm-hmm. every on Campus Life here. So, Colin, why don't we start with you? Uh, as the year starts rolling on over here and you start taking out the rookies and things like that, how are you kind of starting to build the base of your rankings? And do, what do you rank at the site? You do C2C and Debbie or just C2C? Yeah, I do both C2C okay. and Devi. And I, okay. I will say uh, I got a little a little overzealous on my Devi rankings and removed some of the guys that I are, was pretty sure are going to declare or have already declared. Um, even though you said don't do that, I already did it. So that's, that's not that's surprising at all. It's not surprising. Um, what was the impetus but... for that, Colin? <laughs> <laughs> not having to do it later. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, so, but for C2C, uh, we'll start there. I and, and I do it for Devi too, but for C2C, I do a total reset. I have a completely separate sheet that I have. It's titled Rankings Updates. And I will just take all of my players and add them in there uh, in one column. And then I have a couple other columns where like they're buckets to say. So, uh, you know, the, the first one is a high end Devi asset and a high end CFF producer. So, guys that from last year would have been like Caleb Williams, Marvin Harrison Jr. Um, I did not put Drake May in there because I did not think he was going to be a, I, I wasn't confident in him being a high-end CFF asset. These have to, where did he, what did he finish at? Uh, I don't have it off the top of my head. I was, head, it was good enough was, that I definitely started him some weeks. Yeah. Yes, he was, he was definitely solid. Um, but so I have a bucket like like that. Then, you know, I have a bucket for guys who I think have good Debbie potential and will be a CFF starter um, this year. Guys that I have and I do this by position as well. So guys in that good Debbie potential and CFF starter that I have right now are I have no quarterbacks in that first column, but I have guys like Connor Wigman in there. I have guys like Nico um, Jackson, Arnold Jackson Dart in that bucket guys that. I can see some NFL future for them, but I'm very confident I'm going to have some CFF starting ability. And then I kind of work my way down from there, scaling in buckets. And I put all the players in buckets. And then once I have them in a bucket, then I start ranking within that. Then I put them all back into one big column. I didn't look to see. Do you know how many players you have ranked right now, Colin, in your C2C data set? Uh, total at all positions? Uh, no. Let's do uh, how many quarterbacks do you have ranked? I have 108 quarterbacks ranked. Okay. I have, I'm pretty close to that. I have one, I have 109. And then I okay. actually have Miller Moss sitting down at the end that I haven't ranked yet because uh, he was not previously ranked for me. Um, I think he'd be the guy there. Uh, okay. How many running backs do you have ranked total? Um, and we're still talking C2C, right? Not Debbie. Yep. yep. 
I have 123. Okay, I have 149. How many receivers you got? Uh, 157. Okay, I got 180. So you're keeping your ranking sets pretty tight. Tight end? I'm going to expand mine a little bit more. Um, well, that was going to be my next question. Do you yeah. pare the list down to start? I mean, obviously you're taking out rookies. But at the mm. end of the year, let's say um, I'm trying to let me go to the big like the bottom of my running backs. Okay, I've got I've got Trey Hawley as my last running back. Running back at LSU, he was a true freshman last year, I believe. Didn't really do anything. Okay, I kind of doubt he ever really factors in there, even with kind of some of the departures there. It seems like they're going in a different direction there. Mm-hmm. Should I like? Would you remove Trey Hawley? Would you remove? I did. Okay. Gabe Irvin is at the bottom of mine. I, should I trim? Is that is, you, you contract and then expand? Do you expand then worry about contraction later? How do you kind of I, deal with that? Yeah, I contract and then expand. So I, like I said, I take the list of everybody that I had ranked previously and I put it over in a column and I start looking through. I'm like, all right, this guy's off to the NFL. Get rid of him. Contract. This guy going to be completely worthless. Um, you know, get him out of here. Uh, guys, I'm sure that person has feelings and has worth to somebody calling. So let's be a little more careful with for our fantasy for generalization. Okay, thank you. Thank fair. you. Worthless for fantasy. Um, thank you. Not a player that I want on my roster. So I'll <laughs> trim. I'll get rid of those guys. I'll trim that down. And then because there's always names in CFF that pop up that I'm not aware of, and we have a great CFF team. They're always, you know, I think they're getting started on their rankings for for 2024 here soon as well. Um, you know, they're constantly talking in the chat about guys that could pop up guys that they like. So I will take those and then I'll start adding those in, you know, so I will contract what I had and then add in more input from other places, other people. I like that. I like that. So my, um, my process, I, I, so I, I contract and then expand as well. So I, I think I agree with that approach. I think it just, it, it keeps you, it, it cuts bloat. Like you really just, you don't ever at any time, like I try to keep my C2C rankings uh, and my slightly less extent on my Debbie rankings. Cause I never quite know how deep people's Debbie leagues are going to go. Mm-hmm. I know like that pinnacle of Debbie goes like a hundred rounds deep yeah. every year or whatever. Like, so like there's, there's leagues out there like that. I try not to go. Uh, so I, I, I try to keep the Debbie pretty deep, but I try to keep C2C as like just guys that I would want to roster. If I have no interest in ever rostering a player, I don't put them in my rankings. Even if, you know, they were a, four-star receiver last year and they're still sitting on the bench at bama somewhere like if i just have no interest i have no interest uh, trey holly's a great example there four-star last year i'm removing him i doubt he ever comes back into my rankings i'm trying to think oh, let me look at my wide receivers because that might be an easier one um you know at this point i probably don't care about rostering Jaden bray anymore i'll probably the oklahoma mm-hmm. state wide receiver going into yep. his third year i'll probably delete him out um a guy like Darius Clemens at Michigan, who was a uh, you know kind of got a little bit of buzz a couple years ago, really athletic guy, hasn't done anything. I probably don't care. I don't probably don't want to roster him at all. Um, Caden Saunders at Penn State, I probably don't care to roster Caden Saunders at all. Probably yep. cutting him out. So, me. so I'll go through and, and and do all of that. My process, I've I've changed over the past couple of years to match what we're doing here at Campus Canyon. And for anybody that's, you know, I'm sure a lot of the folks listening are people that are in our Discord or regular listeners to the show. And we're just so blown away by the fact that we're doing a live show, which we actually get asked to do quite often. Um, <laughs> uh, and we're always we like, do. eh, I don't really, at least not regularly, we're not willing to go there. Um, but um, if you're, you know, uh, just someone who's found our YouTube channel and has enjoyed listening to us talk about, you know, whatever, probably Felix and Matt were your gateway in. Um 
our kind of how the order of how we produce things at campus to camp throughout the year goes. So we do the rankings overhaul at the end of January, March 1st, we release our, our final rankings for the freshmen for the year. We don't alter them at all after February 28th or in certain years, February 29th, um, presumably. Um, <laughs> pesky leap days in that. Yep. We don't, we yep. don't change our rankings at all after that within like the actual freshman rankings. We don't mm -hmm. go in anymore. Just like the services after signing. Ones. Yes. Just like after signing day where they, I believe the services that are early signing day, maybe I think is when they lock it that we, we lock our rankings. We don't change them anymore. So we don't update the recruit, the purely recruiting rankings at all based on spring news at all, mm. because we want to give a pat a kind of a view into what we were looking at just purely based on the player. Now, obviously, if you go into our other ranking sets and a player, I'm trying to think of a guy last year that Cornell Tate was a guy that raised up mine several yeah. spots last year, because, you know, I think he was my wide receiver six ended up being my wide receiver three in the class by the time may rolled around because he just crushed Ohio state's practices so much. I couldn't ignore that, but I did not go into the recruiting rankings and change those, those locked. And the reason we don't change those beyond that is because we release our freshman guide, freshman and supplemental guide that day. And for those that play in campus Canton leagues, you know, every year, much like a dynasty fantasy league where you have your rookie draft every year, well, our rookies are already basically all owned. The rookie drafts a joke in campus Canton leagues for the most part. Sometimes you get a trail answer something in there. Um, I was he available? I guess he was probably available a lot. Probably most. Yeah. You know, didn't really roster Ru uh, Rutgers running backs. That's true. <laughs> Maybe Mongenai or whatever is the next guy there. Um, uh, had a nice bowl game there against Miami. Um, so we re-released that guide. It's all freshmen. It's our top. I believe the last year we did it was uh, we had 180 players to simulate the 15-ish or so rounds of a 12-team league that you usually have. 150 freshmen top 30 non-freshmen that are probably available in your leagues. We released that March 1st. So in the process of the build-up for that, I am grading freshmen like a mofo. It's all <laughs> I do. I've been doing, I'm at like 180, I think right now. I'm just grading freshmen, getting them all ranked, getting them all sorted, getting them all tiered up so that I kind of have an idea of like the, the Devi value of those players. Because really it's kind of hard as we were just talking about to project some of these CFF forward kind of players. Once I have those lists, our Debbie guide comes out May 1st. I shift into, I wrote, I help write the Debbie guide. So I shift into Debbie mode. I watch a ton of players. I get those Debbie rankings built out. And then I use the Debbie rankings and the freshman rankings as the basis for my full C2C rankings at that point. Completely overhaul. And then I go into our CFF rankings, which I do not help produce at all. I never claim to be an expert on CFF. In fact, I give that disclaimer pretty much every time we talk on a show. Go ahead, go into their rankings, look at the players that they have that I don't have in either of my ranking sets at all. Guys that we think are quote unquote CFF only. They don't have NFL value. They're just there to score you college fantasy points. And I kind of true up, you know, okay, we think this guy's gonna be the wide receiver three in CFF this year as a as our as a company. What's the value of that compared to a a, a Debbie player or a freshman or something like that? And then I go in and slot those guys in. And that's how I build my final kind of set of rankings that will then, you know, then I start making adjustments, you know, a couple spots here, a couple spots there. This guy's breaking out and all that kind of stuff. But that is the year, the as the year goes on, kind of how I build mine. Uh, for the next couple of weeks, probably through the end of February, it will basically just, my rankings will be the players that are leaving out, the players that I think are not good out and then kind of sift and sort if there were any kind of adjustments based on the transfer portal so far. 
So that's kind of what I do. Um, but I like just because of what all the stuff that we produce here at C2C, kind of how I follow through so that I can contribute all my different areas. Yeah, I think that's fair. We, it sounds like we have a pretty similar process overall. I don't follow like the timeline of like how we release things with freshmen. I'm also not somebody who ranks freshmen for recruiting rankings at the site. So I lean a lot on you guys for that. So I do wait till that's kind of finalized. I'll watch, you know, probably the top 15 or so quarterbacks, 15 to 20 quarterbacks, the top, you know, 40 ish wide receivers 30 40 same at running back 30 40 maybe five to eight tight ends so i don't go it nearly as deep as you guys do in that um so i my freshman kind of filter in as i go um but i ha usually have mine i have a little bit more debbie focused first yeah I don't, I don't blame you and i think the reason why i kind of follow that is because i think every year i get into the debbie guide and it's really easy for us to talk all year about um you know a couple years ago like uh, byron cardwell was a hot debbie name everyone was like oh mm -hmm. you would go buy byron cardwell and then you know he, he he didn't really he didn't really break out last year but he's going to next year i promise i didn't choose this name uh, as a shot at you colin and then i went i was like okay yeah i mean he, he you know he produced reasonably That's well the carries he got here this all he could be an ascending offense and i got assigned byron cardwell for the debbie guide so i went and watched byron cardwell and I came away so unimpressed, just blown. I was like, this, the, the footwork is awful. It's lazy. Contact balance is not very good. Like this, this is not a well-rounded player. And he did get injured that, but he transferred to Cal this year, did nothing. Like I, I just, you know, you get some of those guys where you're like, okay, I can follow along with what's going on here. You know, I'm looking at the depth chart. I'm looking at the stats. Maybe I caught an Oregon game last year and he looked okay. So I was just watching it. Yeah. And then you you sit down and actually watch some of these guys, and that happens. That happens are maybe eight to ten guys every year that I totally either sour on, or flip my opinion the other way. I'm like, oh, I kind of thought this guy stunk because he's at, I don't know. No offense, Oregon State fans, but like I don't think of you guys as like a premier Debbie hotspot. Say, I, you know, the wide receiver at Oregon State, whatever, and you sit down and watch a guy, and you say, oh, this guy's actually pretty good. Um, so I think you know that the Debbie guide for me is really centers my opinion on a lot of these guys and i can't watch everybody that we put in the debbie guide but i can watch my guys and then i can watch you know maybe Corey Pereira, our lead debbie guy says you know i'm i'm, I'm struggling on my opinion on you know amari and hampton so I'll, you know pop on Amari and hampton for a couple minutes just to say like oh okay yeah i i, uh, I like them or eh, it kind of stinks um i think it's a fun process I, I think it really helps kind of hone in my rankings i don't know what i would do if i didn't contribute on all these different guys in terms of just process wise yeah i agree like it definitely is helpful for like refining the processes and stuff for or refining your your rankings and i do find some guys throughout the process as i'm writing for the debbie guy that are a refreshment guy where i'm like uh not as big of a fan as this guy as i thought i was gonna be yeah yeah for sure all right um so let's talk about some more specific items that have probably impacted our rankings here this year um We've I wrote down one, two, three, four, five. I wrote down seven. You wrote down five. There's a lot more. Yeah. But we can't get to all of them. And we did get some questions in our Discord as well. So I don't want to uh, you know, just talk about you know these and, and not talk about anything else. Um but I think let's start with Quinchon Judkins, which I believe happened after you would have recorded the last show. So you have not talked about Quinchon Judkins on the yes, show at all. Correct. Ole Miss running back, entered the portal, 
there's been some really weird news stories. Like he said, she said he was a malcontent. He wants more money. He just, you know, isn't feeling it all miss anymore or whatever angle you could probably get an article from. We've gotten a story on it. But Quinchon Junkins in the portal, some rumors about where he's going to land. I don't think there's anything concrete enough for us to say how it impacts Judkins per se. But it has really impacted, I think, I mean, like a guy like Keija Griscana, who I possibly would have dropped a couple of spots with, with mm-hmm. Judkins staying there and not them not looking like they I really did want drop to rotate. Them. Yeah. Oh, did you? Did you put, put him back up? Uh, I haven't yet. I still need to look at that, and I will move him back up, though, for sure. Riscano was a true freshman last year, a guy that we really, well, I really liked. I don't want to speak for Colin, but I think as a company, liked him. we, we yeah. liked him a pretty good amount. Uh, didn't play a ton last year. Will Really well-rounded, over 200 pounds. Had like over 100 receptions in his high school career, I believe. Very, very, very yeah. productive. Um, good player. So I think, you know, assuming they don't dip into the portal again here, and we're kind of getting toward the end of the roulette. I'm not sure how many there's players that are left to bring in. Um, I, I, you know, a guy like Riscano might have dropped down to maybe the 30s, the 40s for me, and he's staying after I remove all these players, probably top 15. And that probably mm-hmm. might seem a little, you know, rich, but I, I, I believe in the talent. And I think as we've seen, if they believe in a guy there, he's getting the carries. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that I, I definitely will need to bring him back up. I don't know if he'll hit top 15 for me, but I would imagine he'd be in my top 25. Yeah, just looking at mine real quick right now without having removed anybody, he's at 18. So yeah, he'll move up. He'll all move right. Up. Not that there's a ton of guys uh, ahead of him that are moving on to the NFL, I'm sure. I wish it, yeah. I mean, uh, Travion, we don't know what he's doing yet. Let's presume he leaves. Braylon Allen, I have in front of him. Um, Jonathan Brooks, those are, and Trey Benson, those are the only NFL guys ahead of him. So not not a ton. So Top you're looking guys. at 15, maybe 14. <laughs> yeah, just from pretty much, guys. pretty yeah. much. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Malachi Nelson of Boise State. I think is noteworthy. It's good, good, yeah. bad, indifferent. How's this? How's um, this I think with the ability now to of players to transfer twice, you know, but there's basically no you have which, to, you can only tr- which I do just want to say we need to be careful with that assumption because that is still going through the court system. And while yeah. I think that it will probably stick, that is not a guarantee. So I just think we need to be a little bit careful with that assumption before. But just to, to that's fair. In, that's it's dangerous. No, that's, to do that. that's fair. But I think going to Boise State, that's a place where he will be guaranteed to start. Um, you know, I, I don't see them bringing him in to not start there. Now, there's a couple other places that are a little bit bigger that I think he also would have started at, like Miami. I think had he gone to Miami, they've whiffed on so many quarterbacks in this portal that I. You know, it would have been him and Emery Williams, and it probably would have been Malachi Nelson. Uh, I think sh- now. Are you shocked they didn't open the bag for him? Because they sound like they were trying I, to desperately with some guys. I am pretty shocked at that. Um, Auburn. He could have gone to Auburn, and he could have been a good CFF quarterback there, and that he's in the SEC. So there are better landing spots that I think he could have still started right away. But the benefit of Boise is he's is going to start, and he's going to get some experience then you just got to kind of hope he goes and takes that year looks good and then goes somewhere else uh, to another big program that will be looking for a quarterback. Maybe at that point, you know, Ohio state might still need a quarterback, you know, after will Howard leaves, who knows what that's going to look like a couple other schools, I'm sure. Um, so it's a stock down from, for me, from where we had him before I had not him Lincoln as- Riley's quarterback. Exactly. It's hard. He can't get, he couldn't have moved up. 
but he didn't plummet. We'll put it that way in C2C rankings. Dropped probably a little further in Devi than I think in C2C. Yeah. So what you're about to hear from me is going to be between 30 seconds and two minutes of absolute <clears> cope. <throat> um, no, I, I think I, I think I have a fair path on Malachi Nelson right now. Yes, Malachi Nelson okay. was my top quarterback in last year's class. And I think if you had to ask me, would I take him first of all the freshmen today? My answer would be no. My counterpoint would also be that I generally try to trade my freshmen away during their freshman year if they're at heights because you can get quite a bit for them, as we've discussed many times on the show. So that's neither here nor there. I think him transfer. I, I think he made it very clear when he was going into the portal as a he couldn't really play it at, at, at the level he wanted to last year. He's come back from the shoulder injury, basically didn't participate at all in spring. And it sounds like, based on some of the things Lincoln Riley has said, that he just wasn't quite there through the season, so they didn't get to see the full, you know, whatever of him trying to dip into the portal, Matt Miller Moss, etc. I think kind of, you know, he didn't want to sit another year. So I think it's obvious when he opted in the portal that he was looking to go play next year. The problem is he waited until the portal had been open for two weeks or, you know, roughly, mm. you know, everyone else was announcing they were going to go in that deals had already been made pretty much anywhere that you could go. That would have been like a, you know, a preferred landing spot, mm -hmm. Washington, Oregon, um, lots of places. Yeah. A, a, a ton of places. Yeah. I, I think basically all, all of those were gone. So at that point, cause everyone was like, well, look at these offers he's getting. They're just not very good. Offers are always self-reported, and I'm pretty sure he just made it very clear that he wasn't going to go somewhere and sit for another year. I think that's just, it's just pretty obvious that that is exactly what was happening, personally. So I think he's going to a place, Boise, completely open. They don't have anything there. Taylor Green left. He's going to start day one. If he's bad, we'll know it early, mm -hmm. which I actually think is great. But if he's pretty good, he either... Like, honestly, I think you could get drafted day one for Boise State. And I wouldn't rule that out. Yeah. We haven't seen a quarterback do it yet. And we've seen a lot more of their guys kind of go round two is maybe a ceiling. But if like he's good, if he's, you know, the borderline four or five star quarterback, he can get drafted day one there. And if he wants to leave, then I'm sure, like you said, there's going to be plenty of other places that have opportunities for him to go to. So I, I, you know, it, it's not a positive for his value. Like, yeah, I'm going to probably right. drop him a couple of spots, but like I've seen people just like nuking him, and I'm like, why? I didn't even see the kid play yet. Yeah. I, That's where I'm at too. I'm going to buy him depending on value this year. Like a lot probably in my leagues. Yeah. I would, I would consider him probably a buy right now as well, but I, he was also my QB one. So I was very high on him as a talent. And I do agree with you that, you know, he wanted to go somewhere where he was going to play right away. So when we were hearing these offers, you know, he was looking at Cal. He was looking at Houston, Tulane, uh, you know, some Duke at, or Duke was maybe on the Duke list until they until they got Malachi or Malik Murphy. I'm not sure. But either way, like they were all places that like very clearly he was going to start right away. But you can't tell me that some other places didn't contact him, you know, but he reported the ones that he wanted to go to and he wants to start. And we haven't seen him at all. So. I am just operating on the same assumption that he is still the talent that I thought he was before. He's kind of Schrodinger's quarterback right now. I, I will say if you're on the opposite side of that, this is a great time to find somebody like us in your league who mm -hmm. is kind of, you know, tr still treating him as like the positive mystery box mm -hmm. and selling him for that value. As opposed to if we do get a couple of games out of him and he's not very good, 
then it's going to be really hard to sell him, I think. So I, it's really just going to be depending on cost for people. But I mm-hmm. think it, he's a guy that if you have some some league mates that are that are high on him, I, I, w- I would be I'd be very comfortable selling him. Um, but if I can find a desperate uh, person uh, in our home C2C league that we did this year, um, one of our friends drafted Malachi really early um, and has been tilting been a little bit yeah. in mm-hmm. the in our group chat. Uh, I might try to uh, to buy from him. We'll see how that goes. But um, I mentioned earlier Dante Dowdle to Nebraska. I think that's a really interesting one. The former four-star running back from Oregon uh, to Nebraska, who I think they need talent everywhere. I mm-hmm. think they had a good start this, this offseason with obviously flipping Dylan Rayola. We talked about that a lot. On You talked about it with the guys when they came on for the, the yeah. recruiting recap. We talked about it live on early signing day uh, quite a bit. Um, but they brought him in. They're trying to bulk up the receiver room. There weren't a lot of options, so I, I think they've kind of done the best with the can there. We'll, we'll see how that goes. But And then they, they really didn't have anything, a running back, that was interesting either. Dowdle was not terrible this year at Oregon, but I think he's very clearly worse than today, than Jordan James, mm-hmm. than probably Jaden Lamar, who got, I think, a little more run than him, or at least they prefer in certain situations to use him. And then uh, what Noah Whittington is the other kid, and mm-hmm. I believe he announced yeah. that he's coming back. Um, so you know, another year sitting on the bench or he can go to Nebraska. I think this is a match made in heaven. Dowdle was a guy that I was not high on at all last year. And I'm still not like, I, I think his ceiling is like a guy that goes to the NFL, gets drafted in the fifth round and could own a backfield in the NFL for a year or two. And you get some value out of him. Like there's so many running backs that, that fit in that category. It's the kind of player he is, but I think now getting some CFF value out of him, whereas I thought there was basically none for at least another year or two at Oregon. I think this is a, a great spot. And I think I haven't, adjusted him up yet but just looking at my rankings i mean why would i put him any lower than i have i have like some like uncertain guys in the low 30s like quentin joiner at usc who could take over that backfield true freshman last year i've got donovan edwards in there from michigan i've got jeremiah love the notre dame back in there lj martin at byu why would i put him much lower than i, I would put him right in that group he might, I might prefer him to any of those guys because, you know, Love doesn't really have a three-down skill set. Edwards has proven he doesn't either. Um, you know, Martin, I I kind of said last year, I, I thought a little bit of what he was doing was a little fool's gold. I, I doubt a lot. I think can slot right in there as a guy that like, yeah, okay, whatever the NFL upside is, I'm, I'm not sure. Probably, you know, average. But uh, CFF-wise, he could be pretty good there. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. He's definitely a guy that, you know, with this move to Nebraska is going to raise up my rankings because I wasn't the biggest fan of him either. And, you know, I have Jordan James ranked pretty highly because I think he's going to do really well at uh, Oregon this year for for CFF purposes. You know, Bucky Irving was good and Jordan James was used already as the goal line back. So I think, you know, he's going to have that locked up. Um, so I think he's going to have a good year at Oregon for CFF. I think he's going to have, you know, some some Debbie some solid Debbie potential there as well. So Dowdle getting out of town is only going to be good for him. And like you said, Nebraska was a place that's looking for talent just in general, just in general talent. Um, There was pretty talent devoid when Matt rule took over. I think he's done a pretty admirable job so far building it up, um, you know, in his time that he's been there so far. So yeah, I think he's going to have some CFF production. I would, probably slot him in the same range where I have Marcus Cooper, Jalen Buckley, Parker Jenkins, you know, 
probably a little bit higher than those guys because I think they're Dowdle could make an NFL roster uh, where these guys I would be very surprised if they did. Maybe Jenkins, but slotting say, in Jenkins, that range, Jenkins, yeah, probably could, yeah, yeah. So slotting in that range, but that's like you know my mid forties, so that's probably about where I would end up with them. Yeah, I don't think it's a bad spot uh, at all. And as we've talked about uh, last year, really, and then going into this year, the running back position uh, for CFF is pretty deep. But in terms of like you know guys that we think are like you know very projectable NFL players, um, maybe not so much um Carson Steele speaking of you know NFL guys projectable to the NFL I'll be this is going to be a really interesting one Steele goes to the NFL at this point dead to us Nobody. on this show we ain't talking about him um yeah. that's not what we do um but now does that leave the path open for TJ Harden to come in there is that where you're you're angling here Colin? yeah that's kind of where I'm angling with this one with Carson Steele gone um TJ Harden looked very good in that bowl game um you know, he looked good in limited work before heading into this year, before Carson Steele you know, ended up at UCLA. We thought, OK, this, you know, TJ Harden could be the next guy up there. I think archetype wise, he is similar to Zach Charbonnet, where he's a little bit bigger. He's more of a straight line guy, not a ton of wiggle, but, you know, he's he's got a little bit of power behind him, too. I think he fits well in Chip Kelly's system. And there's like not really anybody left in the portal for UCLA to go get. So I have TJ Harden ranked pretty highly right now. I have him as my RB. Um, I have to move Caleb Jackson ahead of him for sure. Now I had them Whoa, right next to okay. each other. That I have them like four Jackson needs apart, so that's why Jackson needs to take a Jackson needs to take a pretty, pretty big jump up my rankings right now, honestly. Um, but I have TJ Harden as my RB 18 right now so i think oh. he's he's in line for a very nice workload at ucla um and i see some sort of nfl future there now we've talked about this before where nfl running backs are a dime a dozen and it's really just whoever's starting you know it could plug in for some production here or there but i think he'll be on an nfl roster and i think he'll be a really good cff back next year so carson Steele getting out of town big stock up for me for tj harden i am a little unsure how you quite get that high so i'm just going to toss out some names obviously like i had so i have him as my rb44 right now pardon but i haven't really mm -hmm. adjusted for the steel news yet but i'm just going to name off some guys that are in front of him for me that i'm curious like where you have because i think they are more interesting players than what harden provides from just like a pure skill set okay. perspective so uh jade not at cal i have him 13 spots higher right now. Um, I am not really sure what that offense is going to look like next year. Spavadol's gone. They bring in Chandler Rogers. So I am a little bit lower on Ott. Uh, I have Ott as my RB26. Okay. Uh, Gavin Sawchuk looked pretty good in the bowl game. That room has cleared out a little bit. I think that if I had to guess for next year, the Sawchuk-Tatum show, potentially. Some other guys maybe cycling yeah, I actually was just looking at that and saw Chuck was another guy that was probably a little bit too low. He was kind of in that same cluster with Harden, but I just moved saw Chuck ahead of him. So that bumped Harden down one spot and saw Chuck in at my RB 18. Amari in Hampton at UNC. Um, he is actually my RB 11 right now. 
Oh, snap. Okay. Um, that was a lot richer than I expected you to say. All right. Uh, how about <laughs> let's get into some more uh, uncertain guys. Now, what about Ru- uh, Ruben Owens? Where do you have Ruben Owens? Uh, I have Ruben Owens RB 17. Okay. Um, so I think he's going to step in and be the lead running back there. So where uh, with the new offensive talent coming in. I'm so good. Jamaria Miller, you're probably pretty low on jam. Um, no, I have jam as my RB 16. I'm so confused. The play, the players that you have in here, uh, do you have Genty uh, Gordon in there? Like when Allen mm-hmm. Darius Taylor, um, Allen, or I have, um, Ashton Genty at 12 Gordon at 13. Um, who else did you say? LaQuint Allen. Yeah. Um, I don't necessarily know what, yeah, I don't know what that offense is going to look like for Allen next year. So I have Allen at 28 Darius Taylor. I have at uh, 25. Okay. I just, I'm, I'm, I know some of these guys that I have in this range right now, you know, Lloyd, Marshawn Lloyd's gone core and Rasheen Ali. Uh, we'll see what happens with Jason. McClellan. See, I, I also said I've, I've moved some guys out. Yeah. I just, so. I'm like, I'm sitting here like the math is not mathing here. Dallin <laughs> Hayden. You have Hayden in this range. <laughs> Uh, I do not, although I, st- I have Dallin Hayden probably too low because I'm, we were, had heard that Henderson was coming back. Now we don't really know. So I'll probably move Hayden up a little bit and then he'll climb even higher if Henderson leaves. Okay. Um, but I would not put him in this range today. Okay. We don't need to talk about kind of, you know, that third tier running back anymore. Uh, I just was curious because I'm just trying to add this up in my head. Not working so well. Um, how would Trevor Etienne to Georgia? We might have buried a lead on this one. Maybe we should have done this one a little earlier. Um, I know I just said I'm having a lot of trouble trusting Georgia players lately, but Trevor Etienne, Florida. Uh, I put in my bold predictions uh, article this year that he would average over 15 fantasy points a game, and I believe he did or got very close to it, so I felt pretty good about that. Um, he's leaving a dead-end job 15 point Florida. Morning. What? 15.18? Yay! Mm-hmm. Um, pretty good. Um, didn't get a lot right, but I got that one. Um, <laughs> to, to Georgia, who... Kendall Milton's gone. Dewan Edwards gone, too, I believe. I don't think he had... Yeah, Dewan Edwards is gone. Mm-hmm. So you're left with guys that got significant touches last year. Um, that Cash Jones? Jones. Mm-hmm. Um who, you know, Georgia Georgia did the Make-A-Wish thing already with Stetson Bennett. I don't think they're <laughs> hankering to do it again with a, with a running back. Um, so I Evan Roderick is like the other guy there. Mm-hmm. Paul got some touches. Uh, Roderick, mm-hmm. I think, averaged like 10 yards a carry in the bowl game, yeah. by the way. Not that FSU really put up a fight. And I'm so glad I wasn't on this show at all because I would have ranted about FSU fans need to get their – fifis together um but roderick <laughs> looked good in that game but other than roderick mm-hmm. and maybe paul i mean what else do you have really have there running back not a lot so i think etn steps yep. in there and is you know 40 percent touch uh, touch here at the backfield pretty much locked up guaranteed minimum yeah yeah i would feel pretty comfortable with that i have him um currently as my rb uh seven so right i have him right behind raheem sanders i'm not i don't think South Carolina is a negative spot for Raheem Sanders. Not to get off topic. I but do. Just to, I do. You do? Okay. Yeah. Well, it'll be a topic for another day. So interesting. 
Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm still pretty high on, on ETN. He climbed a little bit in my rankings with this move to Georgia for sure. Same. I have him at seven. I have him right above Sanders and granted again, this is not, this is with Travion still in there, Braylon Allen still in there. So he mm-hmm. probably moves top five ish. Um, with yeah. that news. And I would actually, if I did a draft tomorrow, I would be tempted to take him over CJ Baxter. I would not. I have CJ Baxter as my RB one for CJ. Yeah, we had that discussion shortly before I left. I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I I did not agree. I thought Haynes looked better in the bowl game. I absolutely would prefer Haynes now. Um, but okay, me. fair enough. Just fair me. enough. Um, Chip Trainum. I don't know. We spent any spent a ton of time, but Kentucky, you know, been churning out mm-hmm. CFF backs. Yeah, uh, at the position for a while here, and that seems like a pretty good spot for a guy like Chip. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And this was a guy I talked about too. And, and then Harden was also, but I mentioned him last week when I kind of talked about my rankings overhaul. But, you know, I think that is a pretty big uh, news item where he was a guy who was om- almost left for dead or, you know, he had a little bit of buzz from some time at Ohio State, but nobody, he's still on a lot of waiver wires. So, you know, from that to a guy who's in my top 30 at running back, he's my tw- RB29 right now um it's him it's laquin allen rj harvey jay not taj brooks all right in that range for me okay um i don't know what to do with him yet so i don't have an informed opinion but uh it will probably be rising for me um bolt some bull performances i just wanted to highlight uh nico uh ian Malieva and jackson arnold both look like they belonged i think if you've got either of those guys you are uh sitting pretty happy with value at this point should probably be without having actually sat down and looked at a board i would say no worse than the 204 the two of those guys in drafts next year the 204 to 206 i would not that they should be gone before the back half of the second you agree with that yeah yeah i'd say that from for c2c purposes they are my qbs two and three right now uh just because there's so much uncertainty at the quarterback position there um that I think it's, you know, give me the immediate production, especially from Nico, but also from Arnold. And then they were five-star guys. They're at big time programs. So, you know, and I, I like their skill sets enough that I think I can definitely see an NFL future for them too. So I was a little lower on those two compared to the other three of the big five quarterbacks last year, but they are now my, the top ones uh, out of that group. Uh, what do you think of, uh, Miller Moss? Do you have him ranked yet? Like I I told you, I I have him just sitting at the bottom of my rankings. I haven't put him anywhere yet. He's just sitting there unranked. Um, but just looking at my list, I, I, I don't know. Um, top trying to quickly do the mental math in terms of guys that are leaving top 30 seem fair. Top, top 35, top 40. I don't want to get too aggressive. So I know he is Riley's quarterback, but he was also, I know Louisville, like, you know, quote unquote, had a good defense this year, but like, mm-hmm. they, I look at the schedule. I don't really think they had did. a lot of play. Uh, they had a lot of guys. And they had guys missing. In that bowl game, too. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So, I mean, you definitely have to look at it with, with that, through that lens. And I'm still not convinced that he's going to be uh, an NFL stud or anything like that. You know, we, we've seen quarterbacks flash in the pan and then not really end up doing anything. So, I don't want to get out too far over my skis either, but I, I have him as my QB 20 right now. Uh, I had him a little bit lower until we heard what Will Howard was doing, but with him going to Ohio state, 
you know, Miller Moss does climb back up there. I have him at 20 right behind Aiden Childs, who I think has some, uh, some CFF production there, even at Michigan state. So it was, you know, I broke down his schedule and it, it fairly soft next year, but there are going to be some games where you definitely won't want to play him, but there'll be games where you definitely can play him. I still think he's got some NFL future as well. Um, so he's right there with Childs and Avery Johnson, Preston Stone, right in that cluster. Um, what about uh, Garrett Nussmeyer's big day uh, for LSU? Looks like he's just going to step in there and be their guy. Um, I have him like, without removing anybody at 21 right now, QB 21. Pretty aggressive, but I think uh, should be pretty high. Yeah, I, I have him a QB 29. So, you know, kind of right there. Uh, not too much lower than you, but I, I think that who are the who are the couple guys you have right ahead of them? Um, I have Riley Leonard, um, Brady Cook, Garrett Green ahead of him. Garrett Green mostly CFF value, but I think he could be really good for CFF. Interesting. That seems very aggressive on Garrett Green. A little Maybe bit, Bo. a little Maybe bit. Bo. But I think he could be really good next year. And like we said, I'm kind of more looking at you know how good can these guys be in in like one year sample sizes and so do you not think does have an extra year nussmeyer does not have the rushing upside but right you don't think that offense is going to just continue clicking on um i think losing that much production at wide receiver as well with neighbors and thomas and then you know denbrock stepping you know not going to be there anymore there's enough um other pieces around nussmeyer that are not going to be there that I'm a little bit skeptical on his like CFF production. I think he'll be startable for you. Like I think they will be a solid offense next year. Obviously he's not going to be Jaden Daniels, but I do think there's some NFL potential there with him as well. So I don't see a high potential on either one of them, but there's enough of both to keep him, keep me intrigued on both sides. Okay. Um, Offensive coordinator, uh, Kansas State last year, Colin Klein. Some say Colin Decker's doppelganger. I've never seen them in the same room at the same time, so I can't I can't confirm one way or the other. Uh, leaving Kansas State, going to Texas A&M to fill the same role there. Uh, he has this, I think, kind of touches three different quarterbacks. Will Howard, who left Kansas State. He's now at Ohio State uh, as of a couple of days ago. Uh, Avery Johnson, who's now probably going to step into that job, we presume, at Kansas State. And then Connor Wegman, who is the starter and going to be his quarterback next year at Texas A&M. Kind of where are we, you know, positive, negatives, where are we moving these guys uh, based on, you know, changes in situation here? Yeah, I think this is, like I said, Colin Klein to Texas A&M impacts a lot of other quarterbacks that he has you know, worked with in the past. So does he impact Will Howard at Ohio State now? Not necessarily because it's a whole new system, but we saw Will Howard be productive in Colin Klein's system. I think the system at Ohio State will allow Will Howard to still be productive for CFF purposes. I think he'll probably, the production will come a little bit different than it did with McCord, but I think similar production levels you can kind of see from Howard. So not a guy you're going to be excited to start every week, but a guy you could throw in there, you know, and not feel terrible about it, depending on the rest of your lineup, especially if it's, you know, the third quarterback or something like that. Um, and then Colin Klein at uh, Kansas state, we saw him do, you know, 
designed packages for Avery Johnson to take advantage of that rushing ability. So we got to see Avery Johnson on the field, Avery Johnson at, um, you know, Kansas state now as the starter, that's going to be a stock up. I think he could be really good for CFF as well. Uh, and then Connor Wigman at, with Colin Klein at AM, given what I just said about how productive Will Howard was, how productive Avery Johnson was, even in small packages, Connor Wigman is head and shoulders as a quarterback better than both of them. He does have rushing ability as well. I thought he was a dual threat type quarterback coming out. Um, so I think Connor Wigman is going to have a nice year for CFF as well with uh, compared with Colin Klein. And then I'd like the Debbie potential as well. So that puts Wigman as my QB one right now. Uh, I am piggybacking off of you because you had him there for a while. But all three of these guys are stock ups for me. I really worry about um uh avery johnson i think he is a very obvious sell candidate this year if you've got folks if you've got him and you've got folks in your league that are clamoring for him i wouldn't I, disagree with that i wouldn't disagree I, with that uh friend of several of the shows here was on our early signing day uh show mm -hmm. last year so I, i'm not gonna you know not gonna say, yeah, I'm not going to say anything you know, rude or out of place about him, but I do think we really haven't seen any passing game stuff out of him. And that was really the big question mark for him. Like We were like, yeah, he's athletic. He's all get out. He can run a lot. But there does, I think, as we've seen, especially at the Power 5, I guess now the Power 4 level, have to eventually be some level of passing upside there for you to succeed. Otherwise, it doesn't last long. You have to go down a step to really, you know, thrive if you're going to do that so i do worry quite about by avery um the other guys yeah i mean hard to argue that it's stocked down for will howard and i think i just want to see connor wegman stay healthy for a year uh, yeah. i do worry a little bit about what that receiver room looks like but overall yeah i think that's fair too they did bring in cyrus allen from yeah. Louisiana tech and, and uh, one other person yeah and they were supposed to bring in javon harvey too was the rumor for a while and then they didn't um oh yeah he just committed there the other day too because i was like this is just yeah somebody else was so they they have a couple guys there and noah thomas is still there who was yeah. fine yeah. so yeah. I, I worry a little bit about it too but you know colin klein his system at kansas state they had nobody a wide receiver so and they was still found a way to be productive one last one i want to talk about here colin because i think where, where I think people sit on this discussion is going to just really depend on which guys they invested in last offseason. Sam Levitt to Arizona State. Was at Michigan State last year? Was a borderline top 10-ish, 15-ish quarterback for us last year in the class. We thought he was really talented. We were kind of disappointed when he chose Michigan State because he looked like he might be going to, what, Washington State, I believe, for a while, and we loved that uh, as the next guy up there. Um, he hates... Jonathan Smith. So uh, basically said as much in his uh, his goodbye message. Uh, and wind up at ASU, which I find really interesting. I think at some point, it's naive to say that there won't be some sort of competition between Rashada and Levitt. I just think where people sit on the realisticness of it actually being a competition slash like the likelihood of Sam Levitt actually maybe being better than Jane Rashada... Like, I'm not sure that they would have made this move if they were totally convinced on what Rashada did last year. And not to say Rashada was bad. I think he had his moments for sure. But I think there was some not very good mixed in there as well. And then he got injured 
I don't think it was like a horrific injury. I think it was more like a excuse to not burn his red shirt. Um, I don't think he used his red shirt. I think, I I don't think so. I think he played four games. Um, so I'm interested. Like, I, I think, you know, depending on your, you know, you're heavy on Rashada, you probably are saying, oh, you need depth. You know, he was a lower rated guy. He's, you know, coming in, he doesn't know the offense. And I don't necessarily think that's wrong. But I also mm-hmm. think that there's, what, as a person who basically has zero of either of these guys, just was not super interested for various reasons. I'm not so sure that this isn't like a, he could go in and beat him out potentially. Because I think if they wouldn't, they would have gone for like a, floor veteran guy if they were kind of happy with what Rashana was doing yeah i think that you're right this is a, a rorschach test where you're looking at this situation and depending on who you have is the guy that you're rationalizing in your head like oh my guy's still okay which to me this is a 50 50 proposition i have no idea which one of these guys is going to start i think i think Levitt's- it's more 60 40 but i get what you're saying Okay, who do you put at 60? The incumbent, Rashada. Okay. I think you usually have to give the incumbent some sort of right. leeway. So mm-hmm. That's kind of where I'm at, too. That's why I kind of think it is 50-50, you know, where Rashada is the incumbent. He had four games there, so it's not a huge sample size. He looked okay, you know. Um, and then Sam Levitt was a player that I thought was better as a prospect. We didn't see him at all. So... I still am kind of operating on the assumption that he's better. So I could see him beating out Rashada, but I have them ranked back to back in my rankings. Um, Sam Levitt, QB 47, Jaden Rashada, QB 48. When one of them, when we know who's winning the job, one of them will move up and one of them will move down. I still have Rashada at 26 and that might be a little aggressive. Maybe I will have to chew on that a little bit. I dropped Levitt pretty precipitously because there was really just nothing to like about Michigan State last year in terms mm-hmm. of like long-term projection. I'm sitting down with your boy Garrett Green, 57. Garrett Green's at 55. Oh, too um, low on Garrett Green. He'll move up a little bit. I mean, guys that are that I have like directly in front of him that are gone. Uh Joe Milton, Jordan Travis, uh oh. Kyle McCord will drop a little bit. Uh that's pretty much it though. Garrett Green was a QB one last year. For fantasy okay. purposes. No, he wasn't. I'm just saying. Yes, he no, was. Wasn't. He was QB eleven. No, fantasy he points wasn't. per game. Twenty six point seven fantasy. Twenty six point one seven fantasy points per game. And this is using pretty bland scoring. Do you think that's sustainable? Obviously, you do. You have him ranked really high. It's a stupid question. I do. Mm-hmm. I do think that's sustainable. Interesting. And also to answer your question from before, Drake May was the QB nine on the year for fantasy purposes. Oh, so. I have him. At, I have him at thirteen. But regardless, he was you know QB one or very close to it. Mm-hmm. Um. So interesting. What league are you using? Um, the, uh, tune land. Okay. I used the home league. So fair enough. Uh, the C2C home league. Yeah. The one that I put together. That's six yeah. point passing touchdowns. Just and that four. hurt Drake. Interesting. Okay. I wouldn't have guessed that. Um, interesting. <laughs> fair enough. It, that just surprises me. Okay. Uh, interesting. Okay. So those are some of the news items. There's a ton more. You covered some mm-hmm. of them when I was gone. I'm sure I didn't listen, mm-hmm. but I'm sure they were on there. Right. Um, I, I tried. I tried. And there are plenty more that we'll talk about over the next couple of weeks as we kind of settle into this early offseason. You know, DJU at, at Florida State's uh, an interesting one. And, um, yeah, I think talking about Kyle McCord at Syracuse is going to be interesting. Um, some other ones as well. Um, 
uh, what's his name? Uh, Riley Leonard, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. uh, could, could a player that I don't even really like, but with Dan Brock going there could be really interesting. So uh, we'll touch on all of those. We did get a couple of, of questions here. So let's just touch uh, on those. I don't, we, so somebody just asked about moving year one zeros main event and he was in the chat here. I don't know if he still mm-hmm. is around or not. Uh, so I will preface this by saying that we talked pretty heavily around mid season. We did an episode. Mm-hmm. I have to go back and find it main event and I'll message you which one it is where we really went in depth. And I literally don't think anything changed between now and then, except for there's literally no more hope left. <laughs> yes. For these mm-hmm. guys, like it was like, well, we're, you know, you can probably sell Brandon Innes by saying he's close and then he didn't get there. Um, mm-hmm. Guys like which, that. That, that hurts, um, you know, hand up. I, I would not have done that differently at the time. I was still holding out hope and things lined up potentially well for him was not counting on a Mecca Egbuka playing in the bowl game and was not counting on that quarterback being for 60 terrible, <laughs> throwing 10 passes for like 60 yards. So, you know, if that had broken a little differently, I could have seen Innis still getting there. So that process, I am okay owning that process, even though it did not work out. And it was, I would, I would rather shift that uncertainty to the other party. So for me personally, I've been fine moving him, but um, we had, I still haven't totally tanked Innis, by the way, like for C2C and stuff like that, because I think he could still be the QB or the uh, second wide receiver in that system next year. I think there's a reasonable chance of that. I don't think he can be any better than three personally, but we'll see. Well, it depends on if Egbuka comes back. I, I don't know. I- I know that Ohio State generally has not, you know, given the fullest workload to their freshmen, but that room actually is not that full next year. I think Jeremiah Smith is one of the top three in there very, very quickly. Um, yeah, I, I agree. So, I think Smith will Smith will take the other outside role. Tate? Um, so are we forgetting somebody Tate, here? Or? No, Tate and Smith on the outside, and we'll throw Ennis in the slot. But you said he could be the wide receiver too. Yeah, uh, two for fantasy purposes. Interesting. Okay. I haven't totally ruled it out yet. Plus, I think Smith will start a little bit slower, but that's a topic for another day. Okay. Um, so if you are waiting, so for anybody that, you know, again, if people have found us on the YouTube channel, et cetera, uh, we have a th- theory that we subscribe to very hard here at C2C, which is called Year One Zeros. It uh, applies to true freshmen, wide receivers entering college. We have eight statistical thresholds that are very minimal. If you hit any single one of those thresholds, you're good. You are probably like you're, the likelihood of you being an early NFL draft pick and having a uh, productive NFL career from a fantasy perspective increased by like eight times, like just an insane gap uh, if you don't hit one of these categories. Um, and usually it, it's still not a super high percentage because, you know, like there's a lot like, of players. It's, that... it's like 18% to like 2%, like is the difference. Essentially, yeah. it's yeah, yeah, it's a 3%. It's not it's a. It, not huge, but you can narrow the list significantly mm-hmm. uh, after the freshman year, essentially. Yes. Um, and we usually do several times during the season, you know, check in, you know, here's who's hit it, here's who hasn't. Probably should start thinking about selling these guys. Not a lot of opportunity left. Go do that. But if you've now waited till the end of the year and the zero is official, like as we said, there's no more hope left for anybody to kind of get in on. Um, I think you have two options. You either hold them. If it's just dire, then you cut them. For some of these guys, I think you can certainly do that. Or 
I think you probably know which guys in your league are subscribing to campuscanton.com. Like, <laughs> I'm not saying like they're doing better or worse, just like the rankings and decisions they make are probably different than if you're kind of following what we're doing. They might not necessarily align. And it, like, I've seen people say like, I still have a lot. Of, I love Cordell Russell to Colorado. I think that's going to be great. I think that's going to be a disaster. I would sell yeah. Cordell Russell to that sucker any day. <laughs> Yeah, you can probably recoup, whatever I can get. You can probably recoup some value. I wouldn't be picky. I, you know, you see, you say, oh, you want to give him a fifth? Oh, I don't know. I paid a third from last year. Okay, I can do a fifth. You know, like you just <laughs> kind of get them off of your plate. Yeah, I would but, even take like a seventh. Oh, I mean, I again, yeah, I'm eight, taking whatever I can get. Uh, yeah. Um, and I think the other option is to, and the probably the more palatable option is you kind of put them in a package. It's kind of hard to sell Ooh. a lemon, like you know, in the. The, you, like you, as a car like i'm not yeah. talking about like an actual lemon like you know like a, yeah or a, a lemon car too, yeah. um like straight up like you probably want to include that like because the other one the other person knows like what you're doing it's the vet it's the veggies in the trade package you just kind of hide them so tonight after dinner i um i was still a little bit hungry so i just made like a peanut butter toast like a piece of peanut butter toast mm -hmm. and i was eating it and i like slather the peanut butter when i do it and it kind of like crowns in the top and I was sitting there eating it. And my wife's sitting there and she goes, oh, I thought you like put like chocolate chips or something in the middle to like bury under that. And I was like, it's my pills, actually. Like, no, it's, just, <laughs> it's just the peanut butter. Um, so, um, but yeah. Um, so there, that's how I would deal with moving here once you're right now. And I think that, you know, Colin, you just chimed in as well. That That's going to be the easiest way to do that. Yeah. Um, we also get as top supplemental draft prospects who aren't freshmen. I think it's too early in the offseason for me to give you that list. And Chip Trainum would probably be on it, though. Yeah. And quite frankly, I think not a first probably, round pick like some no. people, you know, wanted to wanted to say, but I think it's not useful to build that list today because I think there's still a mm -hmm. lot is going to change. If you're not drafting right. tomorrow, I don't need that list tomorrow. Um, I would right. prefer to hold out on that list as long as possible so we can have as much information mm -hmm. uh, before we give that to you. Um, I haven't even really noticed guys across my leagues. I'm wondering if Dowdle's available in any leagues. He might be. He might be. He might be. He might be available in some leagues. That would probably be a name. Um, another Jordan name James would... might be too. Jordan James might be too. Potentially. Um, Quali Conley uh, is another name that I would look at for San Jose State. Kyrie Robinson gone. Probably not a guy that I'm going to invest in a lot, but I'm pretty confident he's in a fair number of uh, – he's available in, in most leagues probably. So, yeah, you know, so a couple I, I – I have a couple leagues where, like, I have unlimited waivers, and I went at the end of the year and kind of scooped up some guys that, like, we talked about, that Jared talked about as future mm -hmm. options on his show, Chasing the Natty, uh, all those guys. So just some names that I started – hoovering up a little bit that might be out there amari thomas the uab wide receiver mm -hmm. uh could be available uh avery johnson might honestly be available uh yeah uh Kentrell bullock at south alabama the running back um is an interesting one dallin hayden could be depending on when your league drafted he might be hanging around out there abu sama the running back at iowa mm -hmm. state who broke out late last uh, uh this this past season um ran for like 300 yards against kansas state uh he might be out there um uh, there's like some freshman guys Ricky that I think Hunt. are Ricky Hunt for Ohio. Who? He ran wild. Ricky Hunt. Oh he yeah, ran yeah, Wild in the bowl game, game and yep. C. Bangura is gone. So yep. Yep. that's another name. That's I'm a good one. I would be a hundred percent positive he's available in waivers in your league, unless you're in like a 36 man league or something. Yep. If you're looking for an extra's Arliss Boardingham, I think it could be Kenyon Sadiq, who's at Oregon. Mm. Um, Elijah well, Surratt. 
I saw mm. Ferguson's coming back. Yeah. Um, Carlos Fernandez, who's at Washington State, wide receiver, mm-hmm. true freshman last year. He could yep. be a guy. Um, Trayon Webb at Georgia is a guy that I saw on waivers in some leagues. I think is stepping yep. in for ETN could be a guy there. Um, just uh, Quali Conley, as you said, I picked him up a couple of different places. Um, like the, these are just some guys off the top of my head as I'm looking around that uh, Joey Aguilar might still be hanging out on leagues, yeah. depending on how many waivers you have, the App State quarterback. I heard a really interesting stat on him, though. I was listening to the early read, which is done by Reed Wallach, a guy that I uh, met, I believe, through Better Sports, but we DM every now and then. Good guy. I've been on his show. Uh, we should have him on here. He does a lot of like college basketball and college football betting, and his show is like oh, a okay. betting show. Um, every week during the season, he does like a betting preview show, similar to what Nick does on our channel. Um, but he did a bowl game one, and I think the person that he had uh, come on and talk about App State he had like a 30% like turnover worthy or like some sort of like stupid percentage, but none of them were converting to turnovers at all. <laughs> so like, he's like, was like really on the razor's edge of, of, um, of that being a productive player. So that could be a little bit more risky going into next year. Uh, might not mm-hmm. necessarily be a guy uh, that you want. I'm trying to think if there's some other guys, uh, Mackie Hughes or Mackay Hughes at Tulane might not have been added in your league. Cause he kind of broke mm-hmm. out late the running back but he had a pretty yep. good year last year. That'll be a, a slightly different system um, because Willie Fritz is now at Houston, but the Troy head coach moved over there, um, Summerall. So I think it's still going to be okay. Troy was good with uh, Kamani Vidal. So don't worry about the the change in system. Justin Marshall, Colorado State running back slash wide receiver, I think is interesting. We mentioned Jeremy Bernard and Denzel Boston at Washington. Both might be available. Um these are just players. Like, I'm just I'm just trying to Prince Strawn at Boise State could end up being the guy there next year if we like that offense. Mm-hmm. He could be a really nice player. So just just some names there that I'm I'm, I'm tossing out overall. That was no sort of informed uh, plan behind those thoughts. I just spit out those names, but uh, some some early names if you want to start looking at some players to look at uh, main event. Um, AJ Duffy too. Um, he might be available in a fair amount of leagues now. He's he over at, at uh, San, San Diego State with. Uh, Sean Lewis. Yeah, that's really interesting. Um, could be a good guy there. Uh, let's see. Uh, somebody also, he also asked leveraging early draft type to move your projected round two, three players. I should have asked for some clarification, but if we're talking about rookies, um, I mean, I'm always a proponent of trying to move rookies up into NFL pieces if you can, or college players as a whole. You know, player with a good outlook, you trade them up. Players on the downside, take what you can get, but you're probably fine trading them down. So in terms of like down means like younger or freshman supplemental pick up means, you know, NFL player. So um, generally how I do things there. And then the last one, somebody said, is this the off season with the most unknown from a player and rankings perspective so far? Mm. Maybe we lose a lot of quarterbacks, which I think is going to. And a lot of wide receivers. Yeah. 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 I, I would say that I think this is the off season with the most uncertainty and unknowns in terms of rankings, because we lose such a strong crop of wide receivers we lose a lot of quarterbacks and especially for cff purposes but there's not really anybody that we have coming up that like we can point to and be like yes this guy is a first round draft pick we don't have the caleb williams we don't have the drake may uh we don't have the cj stroud the bryce young there's nobody like that this year so quarterback pretty uncertain and then i think a lot of running backs took some pretty big hits in terms of value 
this past year as well. So when I did my rankings overhauls, I have no tier zero players. I also have no tier one quarterback and no tier one running back. Yeah, I could see that. Um, just quickly looking at mine. Takes a little, it's yet to squint a little bit, but I, I, I think I would put Judkins in my tier one. We'll see where he ends up um, in terms of, yeah. And now that he's in the portal and stuff, because that could impact his CFF value. But I think Judkins is going to be a, a solid running back at the NFL level, but I don't think he's going to be this elite prospect or anything. And I think you can get a lot of solid running backs at the NFL level. Yep. Very good point there. Um, all right. Well, I think that's going to do it for tonight's show, guys. Uh, well, National, we are going to, we're going to pre what? National championship. Yeah. We are going to preview that real quick. I wanted to just, through this in if you're listening to this on the podcast form you don't have to listen to the rest of this go check out home field go check out campusgan.com go check out the youtube page all that good stuff like I'm subscribe back. i'm back for good now um so yes and if it's, it's rookie season if you just listen to our stuff but you're not really subscribed we have a ton of stuff to help you with rookie drafts um we might be working on something else that will help you that we can announce shortly um but a ton of tools and stuff a ton of data you can go ahead and filter yourself so um, go ahead and check all that out at campus2canton.com. Uh, national championship game preview here, real quick, real quick, Colin. I thought this was going to be Bama, Washington, turned out being Michigan, Man, Washington. I um, yeah, I hate Michigan. Um, yeah. but alas, here we are. Um, I, uh, depending on where you're looking, is between four and a half and five and a half point uh, favorites for Michigan. Um, game total right around 55. Um, I think why I put Washington to cover. I haven't sprinkled money line yet. I think I will. I want to see if I can get it a little. I want to shop around a little bit. Um, what do you think? So I I also hate Michigan. Um, so I am definitely not rooting for Michigan. So like you know that sways my any bets that I would place. That sways a little bit there. You know I, I look a little bit harder at ways that I think. Um, Washington can can get there um but I do have a I did put a future on um Washington to win this game um before this was even settled and I thought it was on DraftKings it was on FanDuel so I'm pulling it up here to see exactly what I got it at but I do like you said it was a four and a half it's right between now four and a half and five and a half depending on what book you're looking at yeah I like that for, for Washington. I think that, you know, Washington's offense is really good uh, across the board. It's tough to find a weak spot on that offense, um, assuming that Dylan Johnson is going to play. So, you know, yes, um, uh, you know, Michigan has a good defense, but I still like Washington. I got them at plus, oh, so I didn't put it on the game specifically, but I got it at plus 700. Um before the the it started uh, i placed this bet on december 3rd oh okay interesting i think i think it's gonna be interesting because i think the defensive weakness of washington is the run rush defense which i think you know michigan mm-hmm. will be able to exploit um and i kind of think vice versa as well like i know like yeah michigan's got a pretty good front seven and they can get after the quarterback but I don't know that they can cover them enough on the back end consistently. I do think that Washington can hit some big plays in this game. So, and yeah. I mentioned, like, I don't know. Um, 
who who's the really good corner that's a true sophomore for Michigan? Will something Johnson? Yeah, that sounds right. I would presume they put him on a Dunze. Stylistically, I don't know that he can cover a Dunze. Like the ways that they get a Dunze the ball with a lot of like the back shoulder stuff and just kind of like I'm gonna throw it in this weird spot and only a like I don't know that that's gonna be a great matchup for Michigan. Like I, I'd be interested to see how they handle it. Um, gun on my head, I say maybe Michigan by three, but I think anything more than a field goal, I like Washington if I'm betting it. And I do think there are avenues to Washington winning. So mm-hmm. I'm interested. I'll be watching the game. I think it'll be pretty good. I'm glad that we're recording this tonight so I can watch it. Yes. Um, but, um, oh, man. I'll tell you off air. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I might miss part of it. That's kind of it. But, yeah. All right. That's that's my opinion on it. Yeah, I, I think I kind of see that. I, I think Michigan is probably the favorite, but I definitely see paths where Washington can win. Like I said, that offense is just going to be really tough to stop. Like, this is going to be the best offense and most well-rounded offense that Michigan has played all year. You know, and they've shut down some other solid offenses. You know, Alabama's offense really did start to take off there down the stretch once they kind of let Milrow run and do his thing. But if you can limit Milrow's rushing, it kind of limits that offense. Ohio State, still a good offense, but not what we're used to. And if you can take away Marvin Harrison Jr., it was tough to for them to, to still beat you with anybody else. So Washington is going to be the best offense they've played all year. There's so many outs for Washington's offense to so many guys that can score and be dangerous um, that I think I could see a path where Washington wins. I'm definitely rooting for Washington though. The big killer for Washington is that I'm not sure. I think we'll know within the first two drives, how healthy Dylan Johnson is Mm -hmm. and how much that therefore Michigan will have to respect the run. I think Tybo Rogers is an interesting player. But you're not running him between the tackles, really. No. Like, and certainly not more than a handful of times per uh, game. And I don't, who like I don't even know who like their other like between the tackles running back is. They're they're not someone who like I would consider good. No, so, um, Cam Davis. I don't know if he's healthy. I know he w- was at Washington. So I mean, it, it, we'll know. Like I said, within the first two drives, how healthy Dylan Johnson is, and if they don't have to respect the run, I do think that because Penix is not that mobile. Like if Penix right. was more mobile, if this was like second year Indiana Penix, I think that could be overcome. But he just doesn't have that anymore. So um, I that I will say, I think we'll know who's going to win that game by the end of the first quarter. Yeah, I'm just going to be really annoyed if Michigan does what they did to Penn State, where they just basically put six to seven linemen on the field and just literally run it down their throat and take four yards, five yards, four yards, four yards, five yards, four yards, 20 yards, you know? I will say, I think J.J. McCarthy, I think based on what he's done in big games, you if you're a coach, you have to be terrified of letting him unleash in the championship game, right? He yeah. hasn't been good in these games. Like just mm-hmm. flat out, he has not been good in these games. Yeah, he hasn't cost them any games, but he, he also cost, hasn't he won cost them. the game last year. Well, last year, yes, yeah. yes, I was this year, but he hasn't cost them any games this year. But he also hasn't won them any games either. Yeah, I so I think like I if they if they are letting JJ Cook, uh, 
who's that uh, that corner for Washington who I really like watching? Uh, Jabbar is it Jabbar Muhammad? Is that his name or Jabbar? Yeah. yeah, I love that kid. He is fun. He will pick off JJ McCarthy if they if he if McCarthy throws the ball more than twenty times, he has he has at least one interception. I'm calling. <laughs> it um, but uh, so there there's a prop. Maybe if I can go find an interception prop for specific players, I doubt even offshore stuff has that. Oh, for defensive players. Yeah, so, like if yeah. I could find a prop for Jabbar Muhammad to pick off J.J. McCarthy at plus 600 or something, I would go play that, but uh, probably isn't out there. Probably not, but maybe prize picks. You could pick McCarthy interceptions if it's That's out true. there. That's true. Promo code CAMPS or promo code C2C. Um, promo code C2C. Get a deposit match up to $100. Yeah, it's true. All right. Well, that's going to do it for tonight's show, guys. Um, we'll be back next week with Campus Life, and I will be here for now until I'm dead. Well, I, I can't make that. Or break. until you decided to take another break or vacation, you know. What What does Dwight Schrute say on The Office? Something like, if I'm dead, you guys have been dead for weeks or something. Yeah. Like that. Like <laughs> yeah. Quote, uh, when he has the, the extra key to The Office. Um, so, yeah. So, there you go. Uh, all right. Well, that's going to do it for tonight's show. We'll be back next week. Thanks for tuning in here, guys. As always, I'm Austin. And this is Colin. Have a good one.